Revolution Laundry. The self-service 18kg Revolution Laundry machine can wash and dry your bedding, curtains, outdoor furniture, throws, car covers or mats for as little as 10 euro. We are located all across Ireland in mainly large supermarkets and forecourts. Find your nearest Revolution Laundry machine on our website www.revolutionlaundry.ie Don't miss out on our Facebook giveaway to win a week worth of free washing. Revolution Laundry is partnered with Tesco, Circle K, Supervalue, Apple Green and independent sites. Our machines are for domestic use only. The Business Hour podcast is kindly sponsored by photo-me.ie. Hi, Jim McCausland here, presenter of the Business Hour Show on Ross FM. Just dropping by to let you know the Business Hour Show airs every Thursday from 5pm to 6pm on Ross FM 94.6. To listen in, visit rossfm.ie forward slash live or download my weekly podcast from anchor.fm forward slash the Business Hour Show. Text your questions and comments to 083-85-99748 or info at rossfm.ie. The Business R Show, supporting local and international business through local radio. Hello and welcome to the Business Show on Ross FM with me, Jim McCausland. Today on the show, I'm delighted to be joined by Bernard Kane, owner of Supervalue Lanesborough and Centra Athlete. <coughs> Hi Bernard, thanks for joining me on the show today. Hi Jim, thanks for having me. Cheers. Bernard, for some of our listeners that maybe aren't familiar with your businesses, can you tell us a wee bit about them? Well, I have a business in Athlete, Centra. Um, and I have a super value in Lanesborough, Lanesborough County Longford. Um, the athlete business um, was started by my grandfather in 1909 when he returned from Manchester. Gathered a few pounds together and bought it. And at that stage, uh, it was a bar, come grocery, come general merchants, everything. So back in, my, my uncle and my father then separated the businesses. And my father moved the shop to the next door, and it's it's known today as the Bridge House. And my uncle took the pub on that side, and that's the way it remained uh, for a lot of for quite a few years. And when I took over the business in when well, I left school, uh, after a few years, I realised that well, number one, I needed more space, and number two, there was a a plan. At the time, it was like a few years away, but it was still a plan to bypass the shop with the new um, bridge when it was being built. Mm -hmm. So I had always in the back of my head, I wanted to move. And in 1991, I opened what is now Centra at League um, on the corner where it is on the main Galway, the N63 road, as it is now. So in 1996, then I bought Lanesborough. And over the years, I've developed it into the super value that it is now. Yeah. That used to be a, a, another family that owned the one in Lanesborough too. Prior to that, was it? Uh, that was owned, I bought it from a guy called Peter Donlan and his wife, Denise. Unfortunately, both of them sadly deceased at young enough ages. So I bought it from them. Yeah, 1996. 1996, yeah. So, so you're a while in retail and now? 
I'm in retail in a long, long time. I wouldn't like to, <laughs> wouldn't like to tell you how You're many years. You're not going to commit the idea on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm in retail and since I was able to uh, fill tea out of a tea chest and, and sugar. That was our job when we were kids. We had to fill all the tea and sugar. How many staff do you employ in total? Almost 70. Almost 70. Mm. That's a big operation. That's a lot of a lot of planning and... Yeah, it's that kind of a business, you know, we were open 364 days a year from 7 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. So it takes a lot of staff, you know, to cover all those hours and uh, that's the business we're in. So, yeah. As a local businessman, I know you take pride in your area and all that. So sourcing stuff locally, products locally must be very important to you. Uh, is that a focus? Oh, it is. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, we're... You know, both Centre and Super Value are brands within the Musgrave Group. And Musgrave Group would be Ireland's largest, you know, owned, Irish-owned retailer group. Um, so 75% of the products that come through their system are Irish anyway. And as well as that, of course, we like to support local businesses here in our area, um, like M- M- Malloy's Bakery, Waldron's Meats, uh, Carbeggs, O'Halloran's Eggs, uh, Hertridge's, Saints, Mills, Craft Beers, uh, Dead Centre Brewery, etc. I could keep going on, but um, I love to support uh, local uh, enterprises when I can. I suppose one of the latest ones being the, the Lockery Distillery, which yeah. is going from strength to strength, and it's great to see it. We've had them on the show here. Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're absolutely great. Uh, um. So, so supporting local businesses is a big ethos of your business. Uh, absolutely, um, you know. Uh, sometimes you get what you deserve, and if you don't support your local businesses, then you won't have local businesses yeah. to support in the future. Is there more of an importance on supporting local businesses when you're in a rural economy as opposed to kind of the city economy? I would say so. Yeah, because if in, in, in an urban situation where you'd have high footfall and possibly higher populations etc um, you wouldn't know your customers as well uh, it doesn't matter as long as they keep coming through the door mm-hmm. whereas we would know majority of our customers fairly well and you know we would look out for them and the yeah. same they would do the same for us and uh, we support one another and I think that's I'm sure certainly even the generations the mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure even the generations of families you, you touched upon families but it's generations of them. oh absolutely yeah absolutely I mean I, I 90-year-old people there today that, you know, I served, you know, when they were in their 40s. <laughs> so, How did you get into retailing? Was well, it your first choice? As I, was, I think it's a thing, it's not really a job, to be honest. I think it's, it's kind of a way of life, particularly, you know, when you run them and, and they're open, the kind of hours that we are open. Yeah. Um, so, like, as I said earlier, um, I got off the school bus and I came into the shop and I worked there most evenings. My father died when I was 13 years of age, so there was six of us to be supported. So we all had to dig in and give a hand and mm-hmm. that's what we did, you know. Mm-hmm. So I always, I suppose I was the one really for the shop. I was kind of trying to edge the rest of them out, you know. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't hard because most of them hated it, you know, because yeah. you either like it, I think, or you hate it. So mm-hmm. it's in my blood. Yeah. So when I um, when I did my leaving cert, um, I was anxious to come straight into retailing full time. But my mother insisted, and she's probably right actually in retrospect, that I should go to college for a couple of years and then come back if I wished. And of course, yeah. 
I did go to college. I went to Galway. I did electronics, uh, which I was advised to do at the time by somebody, but possibly mightn't have been for me, really, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Whilst I had a, an absolutely mighty time in Galway for two years. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I couldn't wait to get back <laughs> yeah. to retail and, and, mm-hmm. and their sense, really. Yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying, too. It is it is just a, a way of life. It's mm-hmm. not something kind of... Uh, yeah. You're never you're, off duty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You you might, even if you do take a day off, uh, or you might finish early or whatever, like, you just never know the phone is going to ring. Yeah, you have to be There's tuned into yeah, it. You have to, yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the driving philosophy of your business? You've been in business a long time. I suppose the driving philosophy always would be to provide a good service to both communities that we serve in, to be honest. And, and, and that would be kind of it, really, to, to do the best we can for the communities. Yeah. You know. Okay. Um. Bernard, you, you touched on earlier that your business employs around 70 people. Uh, how do you, when you're, when you're the owner of a business that size, how do you uh, motivate your team? Well, I suppose like most businesses, you know, there'd be a management structure and, you know, we'd have our team's meetings and we'd discuss issues and, uh, and that would be the formal way of doing it. Mm-hmm. I suppose I have... A, an informal presence you know I'd have a very informal management style I, I'd know all my staff mm-hmm. I would you know speak to them as equals you know on a day to day basis and yeah. we'd discuss issues you know one to one a lot of the time and uh, I think they want to do their best you know for the good of the business and yeah. the people that they work with and I think that's they actually want to do it and that's I think that's what I like that's the way I like it you know yeah Bernard, when you started out in business, when your family started out in business, I'm sure it was an independent retailer. That's right. That's correct, yeah. yeah. And you came across to Centra and Super Value at, uh, under under the umbrella of Musgrave. At, how, how did you find that? Is there benefits? Was there strong benefits from going from independent to signing up with franchises? I'd be a firm believer, really, to be honest, in the franchise model in the sense that, you know, it brings a lot of knowledge and information to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you suddenly have people, paid marketers, you know, who are reading the future, so to speak, looking at international trends and seeing what might work in the Irish market, adapting it, trying it out. Um in, in relation to merchandising and, you know, even the fit outs of the shops, even the merchandise that you sell, you yeah. know, we couldn't source a lot of that ourselves. You know, when, when, when things come out first, sometimes they're slow. I mean, mm-hmm. probably, you probably remember yourself craft beers when they came first. You know, you were looking at the dates, you know, yeah. but now they're flying. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's you might not have done that if you're an independent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the groups, you know, they, they, they study the way things are happening in other parts of the world. And generally, we're not all that much different. Uh, and that would be the major one, I suppose. And supply of products then would mm-hmm. be another one, because um, in the old days, like you came to the railway station and 
CIA delivered it on a Thursday and things like that. But the world is much faster. Uh, You're touching on giving away your age here, Bernard. (laughs) (laughs) There were certain things anyway, that's the way it was. Uh, Not that long ago, but uh, you probably don't remember that. No. (laughs) But uh, that was the way. I mean, if you look in Roscommon there here, Mm -hmm. uh, Malloy's Abbey Town, they have have a premises at the railway station. And that's what that was for. Because they were kind of wholesalers and the stuff used to come in on the train. And then they would deliver it out to other businesses in small towns around, like we'd be one of those at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, that, that that has all changed. So yeah. I think if you're independent now, you'll find it very hard to get a, a decent supply of uh, merchandise to sell, yeah. probably, especially at the right price. And I suppose mm-hmm. that's another thing, like most graves have, you know, nearly 30% of the market when you take uh, all their different categories of business. And I mean, they're big yeah. buyers in, in, our, in an Irish context. Uh, we couldn't compete with that otherwise. So that's by, by being, you know, under a brand like Super Value or Centra, uh, Super Value being the supermarket um, trolley shopping side of the business, you know, we're able to compete with Tesco's and Dunn's and, uh, you know, the proof of the pudding's in the Eaton were uh, leading the market there at the moment and have been for the last couple of years. So, yeah, I think the great thing about uh, organisations like Mosgrave and that is that they give you a set format that they take, you could take a building uh, and they will take you from kit out to listed suppliers to distribution chains like you talked about to regular deliveries of fresh food and all that there that you're not running to a cash and carry, you're not running to different other places that you have one a one-stop shop for everything, your marketing, your HR, your distribution of goods and even innovation. Uh, credit where credit's due, uh, Musgrave launched a great brand, Frank and Honest Coffee. And, uh, they, they've really made a massive impact in the Irish market with that. It's a brand that has massive opportunity. And so, again, when you say like an independent, if you came from an independent, would you have been able to establish your own coffee brand and your own... Uh, it would be very difficult. I think it would be extremely difficult. I mean, uh, uh, you're quite correct in relation to Frank and Honest. I mean, they put, put millions into that project, both um, doing research and finding out what the customer uh, liked in, in the market and moving. I mean, the, the whole coffee market has evolved and it moves mm-hmm. quickly enough. And uh, they, they got the product right. It's very popular, mm-hmm. very popular product. And um, the system is very slick and very well run. And... Uh, yeah. It was it's a massive success. I think it's one of the most uh, popular brands, coffee brands in the country now, yeah. nationwide. So. In terms of innovators, and I, I would I'd regularly follow the different developments within the uh, the food industry and people like BWG and Musgrave and all that. There, in terms of all that, there, I, I see great. Um, opportunity with Musgrave, they're always looking to innovate. They're always looking to look out and see where can we develop next and even to diversify uh, from going from basically a wholesaler to someone that's able to offer you a solution for coffee machines that has a backup support system to support you and your operations and all that there. So in, in fairness to them, they've, they've, really, they've really led, especially in coffee. 
Yeah, well, I'm going to show my age again, I suppose. Uh, I remember VG, you know, which was the original yeah. Musgrave brand. And it was on a big shop and it was on a small shop. Yeah. And I, I think I was in secondary school when, when this change happened, when suddenly the VG sign in Roscommon here was pulled down and Super Value was put up. And Centra then, uh, you know, on smaller shops and like... I couldn't understand it at the time, but like the thinking was very far seeing, really. Mm -hmm. um, they, they created two different brands, you know, for essentially for two different markets. And uh, it was very innovative and very forward thinking, in my yeah. opinion. Welcome back. I'm joined in studio today by Bernard Keane, owner of Super Value Lanesburg and Centra Aff League. Bernard, as we've touched on maybe a bit sensitively earlier, uh, uh, you're a long time in retailing. You must have seen a lot of changes over the years. Right. A lot of changes, yeah. I mean, technology, of course, uh, you know, has, has pays, plays a big part in retail nowadays. Mm -hmm. And uh, like in the old days, things came in a, a case and you got out the pricing gun, your price to put it up on the shelf. And, you know, there was a good bit of labour involved in that. Mm -hmm. um, and at the, you know, at the end of the day, when you were writing in your takings or whatever, you know, you had no detail as to what you sold during the day, whereas now everything is barcoded, it's scanning, you know, what you bought, you know, what you sold, you know, you have a far, a far uh, higher amount of information available mm -hmm. to you, you know, you're not really in the dark as much as you were. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that would be one of the big changes that would have happened. Um, I suppose that the, the amount of merchandise and the amount of stock that we sell as well would have changed completely. I mean, I, I still vividly remember the first, first fish finger coming, you know, yeah. loose in a box. You know, we yeah. sold them loose at the time. Um, I don't believe there was orange juice for, available, you know, until, I don't know, it's, it's, it certainly wasn't around when I was young. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of the stuff we're selling today, you know, whilst we have a lot more competition, we're st the market's probably a lot bigger. People are going after themselves better as well. I know technology has probably made things a bit easier and that, but in general, has business got easier or harder, do you think, over the years in retailing? Oh, it's much faster. It's probably more professional now. Um, there's more money involved in it. I mean, fit out of a, you know, as you know, fit out mm -hmm. of, a, of, a, of a convenience store, even, you know, you're into six figures, you know, fairly handy. Yep. Um so obviously that has to be paid back. So, you know, you have to get it right. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be um, hoping that when you bring the books to the accountant at the end of the year and he gives them back to you six months later, that there'll be a profit. You know, you just have to know now on a daily basis that it's, it's working. I'm glad I mean? you have that lag time too. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't anymore. But <laughs> yeah, that's the way it used to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really the information that you were getting from your accountant was no addition to you at that stage, you know. So that would be one of the biggest things, uh, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, yourself, the daily reports that you get, mm -hmm. you know, you can see trends. You, you, you kind of know them yourself. You're wondering certain things are happening. Maybe, yeah. you know, it might be seasonal. It might be to do well say, in relation recently to the pandemic and stuff. But, you know, when you see it on paper, it, it clarifies it a lot for you. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're able to take action and reaction. I think one of the biggest challenges from my own point of view and speaking even to a few other people on the show uh, in business, no matter what area of business at the minute, is insurance cost. Oh, yeah. Insurance well, cost yeah. has just went through the roof. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, same same situation as that now. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a worry, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and like we're years hearing about reviews yeah. and 
you know, commissions and everything like that. But like at the same time, at the end of the day, it's keep it's still going up and up and up. We're not seeing anything on the ground, nothing no. substantial to coming through. Nothing, no. no. But it, it seems to me, and uh, I'm probably regurgitating the conversation that I've had a few times now, uh, but uh, the day of personal responsibility yeah. doesn't seem to be there. Like I remember uh, falling as a kid uh, when I was out somewhere and my dad saying, get up before you make an idiot out of yourself. <laughs> and now the attitude yeah, yeah. nearly is stay down. <laughs> that, that, that's right. Uh, or, or blame somebody. Somebody has to blame. You yeah. know, if a child falls off, you know, a swing or something, you know, it's it, we all did that and we all uh, fell and yeah. we all got cut. Do you know what I mean? And, and some of us may have broken bones, mm-hmm. but we got over it and you yeah. got on with it. Now it's, you know, straight to solicitor and mm-hmm. see what we can get out of this. I think that takes a wee bit of the fun out of, out of business it when you're does. constantly watching for yeah. them. Things. It does, and, and um, as, as we've seen, I think, over the last couple of years now, um, certain, like, fun parks and adventure parks, mm-hmm. you know, have started to close because of it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a serious development. If that mm-hmm. continues, you know, we're not going to be doing anything. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm involved in the community work as well myself, and um, one of the biggest issues we have is, you know, insurance mm-hmm. all the time you know because we have insurance for certain things and if somebody else wants to do something that isn't mentioned you know you have to go back and you have to get it added on and usually there's a cost and or in some cases uh, they won't insure them for the event they have to go and take out their own insurance uh, you know and it's a very complicated system it's a very expensive system and it makes things expensive on communities mm-hmm. Bernard this has been an immensely hard year not only for businesses, but individual households throughout the country, no. uh, the county and the country. How have you found operating your business during the pandemic? That's been fairly tough, to be honest. Now, I'd say definitely most difficult two years almost of, of my life. Um, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm a people person. I, I like to engage with people. I like to chat with them and, you know, and that's, that's socialise and have the yarn. Yeah, well, I mean that's one of the things about retail. It's it generally it's 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 that kind of a business. Yeah. But suddenly the whole thing changed, and like people were afraid to even look at you. In some cases, now obviously not everybody, but a lot of people. Uh, you'd be walking up the shop, and somebody would be walking down. They they turn and go the other way rather than have to even pass you. And I I delivered to to people. And like I had to deliver and leave outside the door in some mm-hmm. cases and they came out and sprayed everything. You know, I mean, there's a huge amount of fear yeah. and obviously it's not fully gone away. It's still there. But then obviously, you know, everybody had issues with staff. With the yeah. staff, suddenly schools were closed and everything and you had a lot of staff mm-hmm. had no babysitters. Grandparents were out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I suppose, ended up... Lucky for us, probably, uh, the colleges and that schools closed and we were able to, you know, keep our businesses going with the students. Uh, Obviously, a lot of our staff were okay and stayed with us. And in fairness, they put in Trojan effort. You know, they worked around the clock and to keep deliveries to people who were afraid to leave their houses and who were cocooning. And uh, and we're still doing it, you know, to a large degree. Um, So, I mean, I couldn't compliment myself enough for that. I mean, they're, they're on the front line, putting themselves at risk day in, day out. Um, but that's what we do. That's where we're there to serve the people. And that's our ethos. And yeah. it's really it. help people focus on who are our frontline workers. Uh, that 
yeah. without the people in the shops. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get any food. You're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when people talk about frontline workers, you know, they, they forget about the lorry drivers and, you mm-hmm. know, all those people in the background that have to keep the wheels turning. You know, um, there's a lot of those involved. But you just do it because, yeah, that's that's your job. And, you know, you keep going, keep at it and yeah. keep looking after people. Do you think a COVID's going to change much of Irish society? For example, there's a lot of talk that the COVID pandemic has created a culture in the way people work, whereby a lot of office-based jobs are now done fully or in part from home. Do you think this is a trend that's here to stay? I think there's a trend that's going to continue uh, to some degree. Mm. I think uh, people are going to go back to the offices and a lot of people are mad to get back to the offices. I think from what I can decipher from talking to people is I think people are looking for a mix of both. A hybrid system. Yes, where they can work yeah. from home perhaps some days, go to the office other days. Um, and I think, you know, that will change things. I mean, I think there's a bit of a move away from the big cities, you know. Yeah. I think it has given a, a little rejuvenation to some provincial towns and yeah. villages. And uh, I think that's good, probably, you know, in the long term. Um it's probably good for the property market at the moment. Anyway, I think yeah. there's a lot of interest in rural properties. Um, so, look, you know, you never know what's how things are going to pan out. But that would be a change that I would see now. Yeah. You know, I know I was talking to one of your fellow Ass League uh, friends at our, uh, Ivan Connaughton yesterday. And we're talking about uh, the rejuvenation of rural Ireland. And I think, just touching on what you're saying yourself, I think it's a great opportunity to rejuvenate rural Ireland. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And, and uh, in fairness, you know, it's kind of not before time because a lot of uh, rural Ireland needs rejuvenating. I mean, um, I've seen many, many changes, you know, since I started. Um, some of them good, some of them not so good. I've seen some very positive changes in that uh, Ireland now, you know, it has become a vibrant, modern and affluent society. Uh, our people are well educated and smart. They can get good jobs and they're able to make good money, etc. On the downside, I mean, we've seen the banks closing in smaller towns all around the country. We've seen post offices closing. We've seen a lot of villages, small villages now with no shops. And, you know, they're the downsides, I suppose, you know. So, like, I suppose the message um, people really, you know, need to get is to support your local businesses, really. Yeah. You know, because they're the lifeblood of your communities. And if they're not there, then your communities are not going to be the same. But I think, too, that when a community loses a thing like a bank or a post office, it chips away at the the structure of that area. It does, I think yeah. it, it does. It, yeah. it makes it very difficult to try and promote that area or do stuff. Um, I, I was away on holidays there for a few days to a seaside resort in the UK and they'd lost their, their airport in 2014. And... Not because of that, the knock-on impact was that there was less people travelling yeah. to that region. Um, you weren't seeing there didn't seem to be the there didn't seem to be the lift in the area that because they had lost a key element. At, but it's it's definitely the same for rural towns and villages when you lose these places. 
it makes it very hard to develop. Oh, it does. I mean, I've seen it in both at league and Lensborough mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. I mean, at league lost its post office. So like people that want to use the post office now have to travel to Roscommon and or Ballygar and places like that. And obviously mm-hmm. when they go there, they do other stuff as well. So like you know, total yeah. village loses out. Out in Lensborough, obviously with the power station and with Bournemouth on its last legs kind of thing. Um, there's going to be big changes there too, you know, and they're hoping to bring on businesses that might take up the slack, but I don't know. I haven't seen a huge amount yet. Yeah. We're hoping, but... Do you know, I I go around and visit lots of different towns around the place and I enjoy travelling around on my days off and seeing different parts of the county and County Roscommon, County Longford and all this here. I always love going to Athlete because there's a great sense of community there. And I'm not saying that other places don't have that there, but there's a real vibrant feel about the town and people are genuinely trying to push it on. I know you're involved in a lot of work yourself and uh, uh, we are off league Facebook page and all that there. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. I went up to the auction uh, that was held uh, there a year and a half ago, two years ago. Uh, over a summertime, it was the crack and the yeah. banter in there and the amount of people that turned out to support the thing. It was great. That was actually uh, October two years ago, um, just before we started the latest phase of the redevelopment of the community centre. Yeah. So it's been a building site since, basically, but uh, it's expected to be hopefully finished next month. Mm-hmm. and you are cordially invited to the next auction which will Thank take you. place fairly soon afterwards <laughs> <laughs> brilliant stuff <laughs> so um, yeah I suppose been a number of developments I suppose in recent years I mean we've had the Tidy Towns for a lot of years and Development Association is mm-hmm. double barrel name uh, and it has done a lot of work you know over the years it's small work but when you put it all together you know it's 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 huge mm-hmm over the years or over 20 years um, then we are at League was set up as a kind of a, a collaboration between Roscommon County Council and a few people in the area and um, basically everyone was invited to a meeting and it was a new structure in that there was no structure it was more like a think tank yeah. and um, Mark Conway a guy from Tyrone was the chairperson of it and uh, Obviously, they have a formula, but a lot of ideas came out of it. And we are at League really is an informal group. There's about 160 people on the WhatsApp group Mm. and people dip in and dip out of things they're interested in. And uh, it's great energy in it and uh, a lot of support from leader and from the council and all those people. You know, we we couldn't um, give them enough compliments, really, to be honest. And then for a lot of years, we looked like a shanty town. You know, we had bad footpaths, bad roads, everything. Uh, but it was all waiting on because we were uh, to have a new drainage system put in. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they're waiting for funding for that. So sensibly, I suppose, really, they waited to do the road <laughs> until that all had gone in. But like, it was a lot of years going on. And while it happened, then we, we managed to get the... Um, ESP poles taken down and all the wires put under the ground. We've got new lighting, new footpaths. So it just came together and it yeah. kind of joined up 
everything else that had been done. It's given more aesthetic look. Absolutely, yeah. It's more modern and, yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah. But I think too, like whether it's community development or business development, everything is about building on the blocks. I don't yeah. think that you can come to anything and go, right, in six months, it's all going to be changed. Absolutely. I think it takes yeah. a series, especially with community development. It takes a series of years to do, right, this year we're going to allocate yeah. this and do this. Next year we're going to do this yeah. and we're going to build up and all that there. Absolutely. And I've seen it, I suppose, in Lanesborough as well, you know, more than 25 years there. Um a huge amount of development, if you look back on it, that has happened in that time. Um, obviously, you have Bally League Renewal on one side and Lensborough Tidy Towns and other committees on the other side. And, you know, if you look at the the, the access for all boat that's out there now, this mm-hmm. is brilliant, yeah. doing very well and a terrific thing to have there. Um, and obviously, AstroTurf, the, the Ballyborough pitch and um, all the different work that has been done, you know, around the Shannon there. Um like it just transformed the place to be honest and like yeah. just the same kind of cohort of people involved and working hard and you know I think you have to take your hat off to them really you know yeah. I think where the real challenge lies for places like AF League and Lanesborough and all is accommodation first of all accommodation for people moving back and wanting to rent places or buy places and second of all for tourism when you look around there's so many things in yeah. Lanesborough and Bally League and it's along the Shannon and there's loads of things to attract you uh, over the summer me and my family were in swimming at our in Lanesborough great crack great yeah. banter and all this but if you were coming there as a tourist, there's nowhere really to stay. So it's, it all comes back to accommodation. Yeah, it is a problem, to be honest. Um, and, and like both the Shannon and the Sucker, great fishing rivers. Mm-hmm. And the fishermen, they, they don't want f- five-star hotels. They want basic accommodation that has place for their gear, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their fishing equipment, and etc. And uh, like there is a lot of talk about tourism, but it is missing that mm-hmm. that part of it. Um Another thing I think that possibly might be missing is um, a lot of people want to build their own house in their own village or their own area. Um, and there are no sites, really. There are no service sites. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't want you building out the country anymore, once off housing. But yep. yet they're not creating the the type of uh, availability of sites in the villages mm-hmm. or towns. Yeah. You know, so that's definitely something that needs, needs looking so at. So it's a catch-22. You can't build outside the, yes. the town, but there's nowhere in the town that's, that's allocated that's for building. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a bit bizarre. Uh, I think there should be a bit more planning mm-hmm. put into that yeah. in conjunction with the local people and what mm-hmm. they would like to see in their towns as well. Yeah. But that I've never seen that happening. And if you encourage people into the town to build houses close, even close to the town, mm. uh, there, it has a ripple effect on all the rest of the businesses. There are people coming in to do their Absolutely, shopping, yeah. get their petrol, get their coffee in the morning. But that's that potential to keep a lot of these small places alive. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people are um, a lot of, as we said earlier, a lot of towns and villages have, you know, there's no shops, no businesses in them. But it's because the population has dwindled, yeah. you know. But if there was availability of this type of housing that they tell us they want people to live in, mm-hmm. but... You know, there's something missing there, I think. Yeah. Welcome back. I'm joined in studio today by Bernard Kane, owner of Super Value Lanesborough and Centra Athlete. Bernard, 
Do you think retail will change into the future? And do you think enough people are training to come into the industry? Uh, it's hard to get people to come in uh, that actually want to make a career in retailing. Um, I suppose it's a combination of you know early mornings, late nights, weekends, kind of antisocial hours, really. Um, a lot of our business, to be honest, is, is transient people passing through, going to school, going to college, and uh, we'll have them for a number of years, and they're excellent people, majority of them, you know. Um, but, you know, they're going to go at the end of the, the day, they're going to go on off in their chosen career, and uh, it is difficult to get people who actually want to make a career in retailing. Mm-hmm. You know. I, uh, I know from my own personal background that I got into retailing when I was a college and university. And I worked for uh, different retail companies and all this here. And while I was going through college and like yourself, it just became kind of a way of life that, yeah, look, I do retailing as studying management in university. At, and it just became part of, yeah, it's something I've always done. And I progressed through different areas and all that there. And. But I don't think I actually sat down and thought, right, I'm going to go for a career in retail management. I'd probably, you know, you you were probably cut out for it. It probably, to a degree, it's in your blood maybe now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, you have to be a people person, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to be, you know, think on your feet a lot of the time. Um, you have to like what you do, to be honest. And... Uh, it probably fitted very well with your personality, I would say. Cheers. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you, you sacrifice a little bit of the nine to five and the Monday to Friday lifestyle that majority of people, you know, when they get used to it, they enjoy it. And I think if they, they very rarely would move from that kind of a job to retailing yep. and a lot of people make the other step because they want to have their weekends off with their families and mm-hmm. do that kind of thing. And uh, um, you can understand that, I suppose, you know. Yeah. Uh, when you look at um, changes in retail, I think that one of the big changes that are coming along, you have online ordering, you have uh, self-service checkouts. You're seeing some of the multiples now where you come in, you get your own scanner and you scan along and then download it at the end. Uh, I think there are the changes that they're going to come in. Yeah, you can see them creeping in even to the rural, you know, rural shops. Uh, a lot of rural shops now have self-scanning checkouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're for, for the reasons that you mentioned, uh, difficulty in getting staff in, on, on some occasions. Um, they're also there for the busy spell when mm-hmm. it comes. You know, it's two or three people can check themselves out quickly or you mightn't have an available staff member. Um, and they're not all about cutting out jobs, you know, um, our retail and our style of retailing in, in rural areas and mm-hmm. in small towns. You know, it's very much a people business and people come in for the chat and like it'll always be that way. But, you know, we also have to look at whatever we can do to assist our businesses uh, in utilising technology as best as we can. And, and uh, I'm sure it's going to creep in everywhere, all over yeah. in the future, you know. Mm-hmm. Bernard, another big trend at the moment is the focus on reducing plastic and producing recyclable or compostable packaging. What has Centra and Supervalue done on this front to help you? 
Well, Supervalue has announced that packaging is now 100% recyclable and compostable across six lines of own brand potatoes. Mm-hmm. Over 13.5 tonnes of potatoes are sold in Supervalue every year, and this is another significant move in Supervalue's commitment to making 100% of Supervalue own brand fresh products and in-store packaging recyclable, reusable or compostable by the 2025 mm-hmm. Uh, already, you know, the Frank and Honest brand, one of the most successful coffee brands in the country. Yep. Uh, all their cups are compostable. They were one of the first companies to embrace that concept. And Supervalue has committed to reducing its carbon footprint in Ireland by 70% by 2025. So, you know, we, we are looking at doing everything we can do. Yeah. To That's a very close date to try and reduce 70%. That's, that's a very ambitious commitment. Yeah, it's ambitious, but... Um, I think we have to be ambitious to try and stop the the global warming as it is at the moment. And uh, you know, there's different ways of doing it. Um, the energy companies, um, you know, uh, you can you can um, cut your carbon with different type of refrigeration now, and uh, you can also produce your own electricity on on your roofs. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that probably we will get to do, whether it'll be done by two two or two five. But that's the target anyway. So. It's funny how you say about the refrigeration because mm. you start to see now a lot of places doing doors on fridges, uh, fridge cabinets that you'd never have seen doors on before. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it's all about, you know, reducing your carbon footprint, reducing your energy bill, of course, really. Yeah. Um, Bernard, another business that you're involved in is YK Science. Can you tell me a wee bit about that? Well, YK Science, um, it kind of just happened, really, mm-hmm. you know. I I, uh, I had an empty unit in a warehouse in that league and at the time I was doing a lot of community work. Uh, my partner in YK Science, Walter Young, we were doing a lot of work in the community and we just worked well together and got on well together. And we came across a guy selling a printer and it went from there, to be honest. There wasn't, you know, we didn't do all kinds of business case studies, etc. Yeah. It just kind of happened. We, the, plan give it was, a go. the plan was just, you know, put something in there, yeah. um, do some of our own printing maybe for the community because we were doing quite a bit of that and it was costing a good bit of money. And that was kind of the original idea. Yeah. But then my brother got involved, uh, you know, is managing it and it became a full-time business. Brilliant. So, you know, it's been, it's different. It's been very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's just a totally different business to the retail business. Um, so you've diversified yourself, haven't you? You've done the retailing, you're doing the sign making and all that there now. Yeah, it, yeah. It, by all accounts, it's very, very successful. Yeah, I've seen the stuff. We've, yeah, we've, yeah. we've used your company too and there, and it's been great. Yeah, well, look at it. It's going very nicely for us. Um, like we do a lot of things. Signage would be a big thing. Um, stickers, shop fronts, vehicle sign writing, banners, safety signage, office lettering, privacy glass. So like there's a big spectrum of uh, of stuff that we can do. And I bought more equipment over the years and the old printer was replaced with a new printer and, you know, uh, makes it more efficient. And, you know, it's just it's, it's a nice little different yeah. business, if you know what I mean. And it's nice to have a few jobs there, you know, working away on it and yeah. eh, it's interesting. What would you say is the best piece of advice you've ever got in business? Definitely the best piece of advice was uh, knowledge is power. 
And I, by what I mean by that is arm yourself with as much knowledge as you can have in relation to your business. And again, it's back to the office. Uh, invest in the best accountant that you can afford or that you think you can't afford, but you should get them uh, right from the get go. Yeah. And I couldn't. Uh, that would be my one if mm-hmm. piece of advice to anybody starting out in business. Go to accountant. Yeah. So knowledge, knowledge is power. Yeah. <laughs> Bernard, you're a long time working retail now. Ad. What do you enjoy most about it? I like meeting people, having yeah. the crack and then chat. And that's that's for me, that's what it's all about. And that's mm-hmm. why the last couple of years have been kind of yeah. a little bit harder than normal. I mean, going around wearing a face mask and everything is just not me. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's very hard to yeah. read people's social cues. It when is, there's uh, a face mask on. And that. Is, I, yeah, and I know I, a lot of people say that to me. Yeah, and like now, particularly when the winter comes in, sometimes all you see is the two eyes that have a hat on and that have a mask on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was on the phone one day to somebody and I said, um, hold on a second there now to put on my mask. I've just gone into the bank. And they laughed at the other end and said, if you said that a year ago, <laughs> you'd be arrested. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So it is different. But yeah, I, I, I like it's a people business. Yeah. I like it. I like just the, the staff. I like the engagement with them, you know, talking to them, yeah. their lives, you know, and everyone has, you know, interesting things going on in their lives. And, you know, I like to get to know them. And yeah. uh, they don't tell me everything, mind you. But uh you know, it's, it's good. <laughs> Do you know, too, for me, and I, I, I know you've just touched on it, at, um, about having the crack in the banter with the customers. And I love that. I love yeah. having the time and having the yarn with them and finding out harder keeping and all that there. And one of the things I really love is that I think, and this is only my own perception, that it's a real rural Ireland thing, that in the cities, there isn't as much of it out there but when you come down to rural areas it's all about the crack the banter how you're keeping uh, were you following the local GAA match at the weekend all that kind of thing so I think that's more a rural thing I don't know what do you think Uh, well yeah I I would think so even you know definitely rural people are a bit more relaxed I suppose Um, having said that I mean there's nothing to beat the the real Dublin wit when you you get to Dublin and you hear them having the crack as well you know what I mean and it it is good also you know yeah (laughs) Um, Bernard outside of your business I know you're very active in the local community can you tell me a wee bit about that that's just something you know I'm, I'm a great believer in you know things won't happen you have to make them happen and, you know, nobody's going to come out. Obviously, we get a lot of help from agencies, but, you know, you have to go after it. Mm-hmm. Um, like change comes very slowly, uh, as we spoke about earlier. And like a lot of the work that has been done, you know, over the last 30, 40 years, you know, um, it didn't seem like a lot when you were doing it initially. But when you look back on it now, it was massive, yeah. you know, and uh, massive changes. You know, I was involved in the community centre when it was built which was in 1981. And like I'm heavily involved in it now being rebuilt again, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I've been at it all my life, really, you know. Um, it's just nice to, to be able to create a nice environment for yourself, obviously, but for, for your people. I suppose what I'd like to do is to, whenever the time comes to depart the world, to be able to say I made a difference and I made my area a better place than it was when... Yeah. I found it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that would be kind of the whole reason behind it. 
Yeah. Bernard, you're a store in Leansburg. You've recently added a laundrette to that, a self-serve laundrette. How are you finding that? Oh, it's, it's going very well. Yeah. Um, I, when I drive in, you know, I just kind of always glance over to the right and I just love to see the wheels spinning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, mainly because it's another service, you know what I mean? Yeah. And people have said that and, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. That's, that's what we do. We provide yeah. services and uh, the space was there and it's a great use for it. I know PhotoMe are one of our, they are our main sponsor for our podcast. At, and um, I, I'd interviewed them for our show. And I know we have it at Casey's and all that there, the, the Lantrats, and we've had them for a number of years. But I'd never really used them until the one, you got the one in Lanesborough. And I love the one in Lanesborough because I'll go down, I'll put on the wash, I'll bring the kids down to the um, the park in Lanesborough on a Sunday and I'll have a coffee at uh, the coffee shop down there, at uh, Lock- the one that's run by Locker Region. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. So for me, I'm getting to mind the, the kids, put on the wash and, and have a cup of coffee at the same time. And if that's not multi-skill and I don't know what <laughs> is. <laughs> and you're still getting to enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, a lot of people have said that, to be honest. And mm-hmm. They can come, um, put on the wash and go and do the shopping, yeah. you know, collect it afterwards, maybe have a coffee, like you said. And then the boats. It's a big thing for the, if you're on a boat. At least, yeah. you know, you can get your washing, your laundry done yeah. in Lanesborough, you know. So... It's all part of service, really, you know, that's what we do. And for me, too, there's this uh, notion of separating out the colours and different things. No, no, no. I pile it all in. I have to earn the the colour catcher to make sure that nothing (laughs) goes wrong in the process. I wouldn't be an expert on that here, to be honest. (laughs) Okay, that's all we have time for on the show today. I'd like to thank my guest, Bernard Kane. Uh, for taking the time to come and to have a chat with us. I'd like to thank Margaret McHugh, our producer, and Louis Fargo, our researcher. Join me next Thursday at the same time for uh, more of the business hour.